Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, so I've been thinking about this particular show idea for a while, and I never could quite figure out when I wanted to do it. Apologies, clicked a button I didn't mean to there. So I figured today, why the hell not? You got the MLK Day, get, uh, day games going all day long. There's a bunch of them happening as we speak right now. I think four games are still in progress. And we got six more coming up in the evening. And the nice thing about this show is that it's not really dated. Sure, you know, trade valuations can change a little bit day to day. But for the most part, what we do on this show will remain mostly accurate for the foreseeable future. So let's break down what we're actually going to be doing today. First of all, hi, I'm Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. It's a specialty show. It's something I've been kicking around in the old laboratory for some time. And it's a trade raider show where basically you guys submit them and I grade them live on air. I've prepared, I've prepared zero content that is uh, on my own. This is all going to be me. You know, flashing through player rank pages and formats and all that good stuff and telling you whether or not whatever you're doing makes sense or doesn't make sense. This is not about real-life trades. This is about fantasy trades, meaning the people that are going to enjoy this the most are probably going to be the ones that are enjoying it live or close to live. I will be looking at the trades in the chat room, which can either come from Twitter or from YouTube, and I'm going to be looking at them chronologically. So if you're here early, post your trades early. If it's obscenely complicated, I might jump over one. But I'm going to try to do them in order as we go. And we'll see if this works as a show format. If it crashes and burns, nose dives into the middle of the ocean, well, at least we tried. And if it's lovely and everybody has a wonderful time, then we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. There's your, that's the stakes for this one. For uh, those of you that are watching this over on the social side, because I'm trying to do more simulcasting these days, days, please make sure, take a second to follow at Dan Bespris. It's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. No matter where you're taking in the show, please do spend two seconds of your time to like or subscribe or both, because that ends up going a long way. Shout out, by the way, to everybody that has subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is over 5,000 for the first time in Sports Ethos history. And, you know, I feel a little bit dumb uh, because if I had actually invested my time and resources into YouTube five, six years ago, it would be a much, much bigger juggernaut on that side. But I just kept putting it off. Like, no, I can just do pods. I can just do pods. I can just do traditional shows, audio. That's where I'm comfortable I was obviously wrong because about a year ago, 13 months or so, we started finally putting some time and resources into the YouTube side, and the growth has been crazy. I think it's up from like 2,000 to 5,000 in a year, and it tends to be kind of a snowballing process. The more people, the more subs you have, the more people see your stuff, the more it drops into algorithms, the more likes and subscriptions you get, and it's sort of this big rolling ball thing, so obviously I should have done this a long time ago. But I'm an idiot, and I waited, and so now I need all of your help. So again, please do like, rate, subscribe. 
Um, we got some trades in the chat room already. There's like 10, 15 of you that popped them in there before the show started. So we're going to just start at the top. And I hope that others of you that are watching with us here do take a moment to throw your trades in there as well. Because if we only get 10 or 15 trades, well, then this show is not going to take nearly as long as I wanted. And maybe that'll be uh, sort of a, a not-so-subtle jab to me that's saying... Uh, you need to either post this way earlier so people can preload the chat room or uh, maybe it's just not a good idea. One of the two. Either way, we're going to figure it out here on the fly. Let's do trade number one. Andy says, I traded Kristaps Porzingis for Jimmy Butler in nine cat head to head. Uh, I actually like the Porzingis side on this one. You guys know I think Jimmy Butler's a buy low. I, I'm sticking by that. He's number 47 in nine cat. He's actually moved up per game rankings while he's been hurt because guys that were in front of him that kind of probably didn't belong in front of him have fallen back. I'm trying to think of a few of the guys where that's actually happened to them. I think, um, who are the guys that fell back? Devin Vassell's fallen back a little bit. Uh, Miles Bridges has fallen back a little bit. Bam out of bio was kind of a weird, didn't that little bit of a surprise to see him fall back. Um, Tyler hero, has fallen back, Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, uh, like, guys are slowly falling back. Not much. But for Butler, it's all about the steals. Right now, he's at 21 points, 5 boards, 4.5 assists. Yeah, the assists are a little bit lower than you'd want, but the steals are only at 1. And that's a number that, with Jimmy, you generally are hoping is closer to 2. Thing is, and I know the first thought is, but Dan, you would have had us draft Butler ahead of Porzingis at the beginning of the year. Yes, but a lot of that was a draft theory kind of thing, meaning I liked them both going into draft season, but Jimmy Butler is one you were going to have to take sooner because he wouldn't be back around to you the next loop through in a way that Porzingis likely would be, even if at the end of it all, like, I still, I still thought that Butler would probably outperform Porzingis on a per-game basis. That may or may not happen still the rest of the way. They're not separated by all that much, like 20 slots right now. Um, but Porzingis was going later in drafts, so that's why you could take him later. Drafts are not always about drafting guys in the order that you think they're going to finish. It's about drafting guys in an order that allows you to get as many of your targets as humanly possible. But as it stands right now, Porzingis is healthy. Butler is not. How that goes the rest of the season, we don't totally know for sure. But I think we have a pretty good idea of what Porzingis is this year, which is somewhere between 20 and 30 on a per-game side. Butler, I think, probably does get back up into that range, but when does he come back from his injury? Could it be later tonight? Maybe. Um, I'm just not willing to take that chance. Um, and there's also the chance that his steals don't come back. It's just a weird year where Jimmy doesn't steal the basketball. And so then you probably... At that point, that, that's another reason to lean sort of more towards the Kristaps side. Uh, trade number two. Let's. Oh my goodness. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Evan Mobley, and I'm assuming this is Trey Murphy for Dejounte Murray, Kyrie Irving, Demar Derozan, and Miles Bridges in a ten-team points league. Uh, this is a lot. If you're gonna do a points trade, I'm gonna ask you to please try to do your best to give their actual numbers because I don't. Every points league grades guys out a little bit differently. I'm inclined to lean towards the first side. The problem, of course, because the first one could also be DeJounte. No, because they say DeJounte in the second one. So it's got to be, right, Murphy would be Trey Murphy, not Murray. Um, 
so uh, Trey Murphy is obviously the lowest ranked guy in this group. DeJounte, Kyrie, DeRozan, Miles Bridges, those guys are all very good. Kyrie, the best in that group. But I don't see how anybody gets anywhere near Giannis in this group. And then Sabonis in points leagues is also kind of a wrecking ball. So I think you got to take the side with the individual best player, which for a points league is going to be Giannis. You, yes, you lose some depth because Trey Murphy might end up being droppable in a 10-team points league, but you could probably replace him because, again, it's a 10-teamer. Miles Bridges is a candidate to get traded. DeJounte Murray is a candidate to get traded. Kyrie and DeRozan are going to be very good, so you don't really worry that much about those guys. But again, I would lean towards the front end of this one because mostly, mostly because of Giannis. Next trade, Ezekiel says, I traded my Drew Holiday and Jabari Smith Jr. for Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I mean, this one's a pretty easy one. Scotty Barnes is the play there. Drew and Jabari are nowhere near his ranking. Barnes is uh, number 15. Yes, he's been falling, not steadily so much, but kind of very slowly coming down the board. But even at that pace, he's still, and I think I said like a month ago that I thought he'd probably still have a pretty good shot to finish inside the second round, and I... I'm not moving off of that yet, but like, you know, Drew Holiday is where? 70s right now? 80s? Jabari Smith Jr. I think is worse than that. He had a hot run. Now he's, yeah, he's back in the 80s again. Drew Holiday's in the 70s. This is a no-brainer. This one isn't even remotely close to fair. I wouldn't veto it if I'm a commissioner because technically Drew and Jabari are like reasonable players to give up in a trade, but this is awfully close to a vetoable trade, even though I don't believe in that just because of how unbelievably one-sided this is. Like you, even a bad fantasy manager can go trade Scotty Barnes. Like, oh, I need depth. Okay, fine. You can go get like a pair of 50s for Scotty Barnes. You should be able to go like, you know, Alpern Shengun and uh, Jalen Williams or something like that. You'd be able to get two very good players for Barnes. Technically, you should be able to even get more than that. But taking two guys in the 70s and 80s, that's a foolish trade from the guy giving up Scotty Barnes, and hopefully he's not watching this pod, Ezekiel, because he'll probably try to pull that one off the board. Are there more things getting posted? Oh, yeah, lots of trades are coming in. Okay, great job, guys. So I can start to move a little bit faster now. I overpaid a bit for Kawhi in one league. Kyrie and Kobe White for Kawhi, but I had too many point guards and had Zach Levine coming back on IL. Kobe White was my worst player. Um, yeah, that is an overpay, because uh, Kawhi and Kyrie are... Very, very close in overall value. Uh, Kawhi's number six, Kyrie's number 10, and Kyrie's been pretty consistently flying up boards. In fact, he's been ahead of Kawhi over the last month, basically since Kyrie came back from his foot injury. He's scoring over his head right now because Luka's out, and yes, they'll probably flip, uh, but Kobe White was a lot to give up for that little adjustment in first-round value. I don't mind switching Ky Kyrie and Kawhi if you really needed to I, I just I feel like that's almost a trade that you could do as a one for one throwing in Kobe um, I would probably have tried to do Kobe White plus like a like a 30 or 40 range guy for someone in the 20s that's your kicker there and I get it you know it's it's better to have number six than number 10 or you know whatever the hell I just said we were at with those two guys but that's really close, and both guys are a risk, so it's not like you're getting off of the risk side of things. A little bit of an overpay here. 
traded Keontae George and Isaiah Hartenstein for Emmanuel Quickly in a dynasty league. Um, yeah, I'm good with that. I, you know, it feels like Emmanuel Quickly is probably going to get himself a new deal in Toronto. I, I'd assume that's the reason that they traded for him, and he'll be someone that they build around a little bit, and Hartenstein will eventually go back to being behind Mitchell Robinson. So you're really, like, you're asking yourself, how good does Keontae George get? And how quickly does he get there? I don't mind. Like, you know what you've got with Quickly. It's not like he's an old dude, so uh, Quickly should be good for a while yet. I'm I'm good with this one. I like it. Okay, here's one with a points question, and they did put the numbers there. Do I trade Devin Booker at 47 and Kobe White, 33, for Jimmy Butler, 36, DeAndre Ayton, 31, and Jordan Poole, 27, in an ESPN points format? You don't. Devin Booker is running away as the number one player in that deal. You generally want to keep the number one guy. Um, Booker plus White here is about 80. The other side, you're at like around 90. I'm rounding a little bit, but that's three players, meaning can you find someone on the waiver wire who's like a 12 and then break even? And the answer is probably yes. So no, you're keeping the Booker side. Uh, Aiden is going to be a shutdown candidate. Poole is a shutdown candidate. Butler's not. Um, Jimmy, yes, he's a little bit of a buy low here, but I don't know that in a points league he gets as high as Booker. So, no, you keep Booker, you keep Kobe White. This is going all right so far, isn't it? I thought so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree. Stelios. Stelios. I traded Demonis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon for Brooke Lopez and Trey Murphy. Free throw percent and lack of defensive stats were killing me. Um... I mean, I get it. So on a just a strict rank standpoint, Malcolm Brogdon is is a throwaway. He's probably not going to do very much the rest of the way. And from strictly a rank standpoint, Brooke Lopez and Demonis Sabonis are almost in a dead heat. Brolo's number 33. His, his value obviously being uh, a buttressed by blocks. Demonis Sabonis is number 36. His value being buttressed by rebounds and assists and field goal percent. I think Demonis Sabonis is your best player in that deal. Much as I love Brooke Lopez, and you guys know I'll always have a soft place in my heart for Brolo, um, I think he probably gave up too much here. I think Sabonis could get you uh, a lot, especially with his uh, the big, tri big triple-doubles he's been putting up lately. If you really wanted to go for a few more defensive stats, you can look at some other guys around there. Like You probably could have gotten De'Aaron Fox for Sabonis. They're ranked neck and neck, and you get a defensive stat bump. I don't know that I would go for Jalen Johnson because uh, you could probably even aim higher than that. Kristaps Porzingis would be someone you could probably aim for with Sabonis, get you those defensive stats. I just I, I think you could have aimed higher than Brooke Lopez here. So not a huge fan of this one. Steph Curry and Tobias Harris for Vooch and Scotty Barnes. This is a fair trade. This is a fair trade. I think Steph is a buy low right now, so I probably lean in that direction. If only because, you know, Scotty Barnes having the best season of his entire life. He's number 15. Steph is having one of the worst stretches of his life. He's number 22. Uh, that That's going to flip probably over the next few weeks. I think Draymond coming back might even be the catalyst for Steph waking back up again. The uh, Vooch for Tobias side is basically a dead heat. Tobias is number 54. Vooch is number 56. They are break even. I don't know that either of those guys changes who they are all that much over the next couple of weeks. So basically, this is a take them out of it, frankly. And you're saying Steph for Scotty Barnes. And I say, give me Steph. I think this is a nice buy low. 
Also, this is what it looks like when a comment comes in from the X side. There's like a little Twitter logo next to their name. Okay, that's interesting. Wolf says, I've got two I made. All right, Wolf, let's see what they are. Desmond Bain and Kobe White for Anthony Edwards. Well, Desmond Bain is out for two months, so obviously the Anthony Edwards side is a big winner in this one. If Desmond Bain was healthy, I think I might take the Desmond Bain side, but he's out until maybe we possibly never. And your other one, Wolf, Derek White and Jeremy Grant and God Darius Garland at the at the start of the season. So obviously we didn't know that Garland was going to have a busted jaw and miss you know a month and a half, two months. Um, you know, the start of the year, this seemed like a pretty good trade, actually. Uh, right now, obviously it doesn't. Uh, let's say Garland comes back healthy. It, like, I get it. You want the scoring. You want the point guard stuff. Derek White's number 27 right now. He's fallen off a little bit after a really hot stretch. And the, the amazing thing about White is what he does for a roto team. He's just been solid at basically everything. Darius Garland is going to hurt you in... in turnovers he's going to hurt you generally in field goal percent he's not going to rebound all that much he's not going to block shots the way that Derek White does from that guard position I don't mind it if all these guys are healthy especially because kind of Jeremy Grant uh is about to fade you can see Portland is is going into you know bailing water out of the ship mode these days uh, Derek White on his is insane hot run Probably could have gotten you Garland all by himself. Uh, yeah, the white grant side is technically more powerful, Hill. I'm not as high on Darius Garland as your average fantasy analyst. So I think you could even potentially go higher with those two guys. The problem, of course, is that the world isn't going to see Derek White for what he's worth. So he's always going to be a difficult guy to include in trades because whoever has him on their fantasy team is going to be the 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 manager who values him the most because you're watching him do his stuff every single night and going, holy crap, this guy's amazing. And everybody else is like, I'm not that excited by 15 points, but they're not paying attention to all that other good stuff. Oh, there's a lot of questions now. Whoops. Maybe I should go a little faster. I, you know what I also hadn't decided was how long I wanted this show to go on. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, maybe I should have thought this through. Anyway, we're having fun, so this feels like another good opportunity to remind everybody to please take a moment to find me over on social, at Dan Vesper, especially if you're watching on social right now. That's a great way to just, like, click over and click the follow button. Also, check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. I think they actually sent me some stuff that I was supposed to read in January, but I'm very bad at reading the copy they send, mostly because I just really like their product, and it feels like... I should just say that to you. Manscaped makes a great product, and you can get it for 20% off and free shipping with our promo code ETHOS20, ETHOS20 at manscaped.com. Get yourself a lawnmower, get yourself a handyman, get yourself the shears. Use them on my nail earlier. You guys can see my dumb toe thumbs here on the screen, but the nail looks good, right? See? T thumb looks stupid, but the nail looked great. I still haven't shaved my face after this brutal stretch of child illnesses and you know, vacation days is I'm going to fluff my beard out here live on air. And you guys can watch Dan go full, like, living under a bridge mode on the podcast. All right, let's get back to the stuff here. Joseph says, in November, I traded Jokic and DeMar DeRozan for Halliburton and Victor Wembanyama. Ooh, that is, that is a saucy trade. Well, Jokic is number three. Halliburton's number five. There's not that much separating them this year. 
And Wemby's been uh, a lot better than DeMar. I like DeMar DeRozan. You guys know that. He's number 44. He's worked his way up into the 40s from the 60s, just the way we knew he would. Uh, but Victor's number 14. Despite the minutes limit, despite the days off, despite all the things working against him, Wemby's still a second-round value this year. And so that's the winning side in this trade. Well done, Joseph Kim. Gaz says, I, Cade Cunningham, uh, Trace Jackson Davis for Dante DiVincenzo and Arbs A. Barrett, and it got vetoed. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so look, I'm not a fan of vetoes. I'll say it again. I think they're dumb in general. But Dante DiVincenzo and R.J. Barrett are are kind of garbage heap players. And Cade Cunningham is a, like, he was rolling top 50 prior to his injury. And I know he got off to an or a horrible start this year. And he's not going to be a number 25 guy the way that some folks were drafting him. But he's the only guy out of all of these names that has any legitimate fantasy value. So I can understand why that one got vetoed. This is a pretty one-sided trade. As a commissioner, I wouldn't veto it. Because, like, you just sort of can't unless you can prove collusion. But this kind of looks like collusion. JJJ, trade him? What do we get? Sorry, Yo-Yo, you are not following the rules of today's show. I need legitimate trades on here. You don't get to just ask me who to trade it for. I say this, of course, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you know, throw that in the comment section if you really want to. Whatever, maybe I'll get around to it. Um, but I'm grading trades today, baby. Ivy for Cam Johnson, punt field goal and punt turnover team. Okay, well, that changes things quite a lot. If you're not punting anything, it's Cam Johnson in a landslide. If you're punting field goal and turnover, it brings them pretty close together. I probably still like Cam Johnson, despite it, because right now, obviously, Ivy's running big because uh, Cade is out. And Detroit actually just won their ball game while we've been talking live on air. I think it ended, or it's got like 30 seconds left. Uh, but Jaden Ivy... Yeah, 24-7-6, and six, and he actually had a good field goal percent here, but five turnovers, missed a bunch of free throws. Like, that's the Jaden Ivey story. Great popcorn numbers, and you're just praying, you're praying that he doesn't destroy you in the other stuff. So difficult play in category leagues, especially when Cade comes back. Uh, but, you know, points leagues, or in your particular punt, I get it, I get it. So uh, most formats, I would say Cam Johnson. But again, given your specific punts here, um, you probably can go to the Ivy side. Is it time to panic about JJJ? These are not the questions we're answering on today's show, my friend. We are talking trades exclusively. Jordan says, Pirtle for Grayson Allen. Uh, I still prefer Pirtle. I like, I like Allen. I think he's doing good stuff. I just think what Pirtle does is a little harder to find out there. Devin Vassell for Franz Wagner. Uh, give me the Franz side. I mostly don't trust what the Spurs are doing day to day. Vassell went on a hot run. Now he's cooled off a little bit. So on and so forth. A lot of you have come in here and dropped your damn trades into the chat room and then you abandoned ship. I, that's, that's not cool. Come back. You have to sit through this nonsense. Shangun and Zach Levine for Trey Young and Jordan Poole. Uh, well, I, I was super down on Jordan Poole this year, so, um, I thought Shengun was being pretty accurately drafted around 55. He's beating that by a little. Levine, I thought, was being pretty accurately drafted also near 50. He's been a little behind that. Trey, I thought, was getting overdrafted in the teens, but that's, again, more of like a head-to-head -head build kind of guy. 
So I get it. In November, you mostly were like, look, I'll give you Shengun and Levine. You give me Trey Young, effectively. And if Poole is anything at all, then terrific. Now we're looking at it sort of in hindsight, and the Shengun Levine side seems like the uh the winning formula there although Trey's at 28 so he's had a pretty good year by all accounts uh, mm, Shangun's 50 Levine is 64 mm, pool is nothing yeah I guess it's pretty fair Shangun and Levine for Trey that's basically fair Jimmy Butler and Kyle Kuzma for Paul George. Yeah, I'll go I'll go the Paul George side in that one. We've talked a little bit about Butler already. I, you know, PG's been rolling along, and Kuzma's more of a points league kind of option, so I'm good with that. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly and Jaime Jaquez Jr. for DeAndre Ayton. Mm, yeah. Uh, Ayton and the Blazers scare the living piss out of me. Uh, I think I might take the Quickly side. Uh... If Aiden comes back and plays, he's probably the best per-game guy in this bunch. But I'm genuinely worried now about what the Blazers are dealing with, and, and Aiden's missed a bunch of games with this knee thing. I think Quickly probably sits in the, like, 60 to 75 range, and I don't know what Let's just call Hakez nothing once Butler comes back. So let's just call this Quickly for Aiden. Uh, it's probably Aiden... If only because you're in a 10-teamer, so you're just trying to squeeze whatever the best per-game numbers are out, if you can. Gafford for Derek White is the first trade. That's a fair one. I'm good with that. Either side. No no huge winners there. And uh, Capella for and Bruce Brown for Vooch. Yeah, I think I like Vooch in the second one because it feels like Capella is a big risk to get traded. They're ranked pretty close right now. Vooch is 56, Capella is uh, 71, and Capella, I think, probably trends down the rest of the way. So, yeah, give me the give me the Vooch side, and then, again, the first one is is pretty fair. Um, Ezekiel, you're saying you missed your trade. I mean, this, this is all going to be recorded. You can go rewind, and you'll get it. Don't worry, bud. Um, traded Hartenstein, Mikhail Bridges, and Michael Porter Jr. for Demonis Sabonis, Freddie Van Vliet, and Trey Murphy. Yeah, that's a win. Um, Mikhail is a buy low, yes, but he's not going to get as high as some of the other guys here. I think for Bridges, it was always the plan this year was to get a guy. You draft him at like 22 with the hope that he's like between 30 and 40 per game, but extremely durable. And you got the durability, but you didn't get the per game numbers with him so far. And yeah, he probably does come back, but like Hardenstein, he's been great, but he's not going to get as high as Sabonis and Freddie. Same story for Michael Porter Jr. So give me Demonis, give me Freddie Van Vliet. Those guys are probably your two best per-game producers in this group. And uh, so I'll lean to that side. Here's another one from Wolf. Uh, sent Derek White at a sell high and Jeremy... Oh, okay, so this is back to the Darius Garland one. Um, yeah, uh, so we're talking about points leagues instead of category. All right, I guess I get that. Darius Garland does get a, a points league bounce. Category league, I still prefer, I think, the Derek White side. Points leagues, I'm okay with it, although it's tough here uh, if Darius Garland is out for a little bit longer. Let's jump to this one. Valanchunas for Middleton, because I felt Middleton has a higher upside and Nance would impact Valanchunas. Had to wait a while, but I feel better, a little bit better about it now. Yeah, um, so Larry Nance being healthy has impacted Jonas Valanchunas. There's sort of no way to sugarcoat that. Um, 
JV has slowed considerably of late. He's having a quiet ball game right now. I think that one actually ended. Um, and he's he's cooled. You know, that that's the truth of it. But it's not that much. It's not like an overwhelming drop-off. The big issue is that you've seen the minutes a little bit less locked in. He was at, you know, starters minutes before Nance came back. And now he's at starter sometimes, but sometimes 23, 26. It's bounced around. It's been like between 20 and 30 instead of between 25 and 35. And that is that is notable. Uh, I still think JV is going to be perfectly fine the rest of the season as we go. I don't think there's that there's any reason to really panic on all of this stuff. Um, but as far as this particular trade goes, yeah, Middleton's been kind of trending the right way. And if we think JV drops from top 50 to maybe more like top 75 to top 80, 85, something like that, then are they kind of like two ships passing in the night? What's Middleton been the last month, I guess, is the question here. I haven't even looked. 78. So, yeah, I mean, he and JV are almost deadlocked over the last month. So this is fine. I just I feel like you probably could have gotten more for JV. That's the only thing I would say looking back on it. Kevin Durant and Devin Vassell for Jalen Johnson and Tyrese Maxey. I think I'd prefer the Durant side. I, I love Jalen Johnson and I love Tyrese Maxey, but KD is sort of your big performer there. Um, and I also feel like Maxey was probably going to come down a little bit off the, the insane start he had. So slightly into the KD side. Um, yeah, that's the thoughts on that one. Jalen Duran for Emmanuel quickly, eight cat. Um, it's probably quickly because it's eight cat over nine, but it's so close and I love Duran's fantasy game more. I just, I don't know. There's something fun about his, the way he destroys people. He had a, almost a 2020 game today while we're talking about him. Uh, I just, I, th I think Duran has this insane ceiling when he can actually keep his ankles healthy. So personally, I would probably take Duran, even if like you're looking at the ranks at the end of the year and IQ is like number 60 and Duran's number 66 or something like that. Um, so for me, I'll probably go Duran just by a hair, even, even if it doesn't necessarily match the numbers. What's the least you'd trade away Hartenstein for? Um, let's save that for another show, since it's not a specific trade question. Jalen Suggs for Onyeka Okongwu, points league. I'm going to go Okongwu here, because I have, uh, I feel like Atlanta has a chance to blow it up, and you're going to want that Okongwu run at the end of the season, if that happens. Roger that says, here's a big one for you. Embiid, Vassell, Tyus Jones, and Cam Johnson for James Harden, Carl Anthony Towns, Keldon Johnson, and Sadiq Bey, points league. So, look, I don't even really need to think twice about this. Joel Embiid side, I almost don't even care what else is going on. I know Harden and Cat are uh, your number two and number three guys of the players in this deal. Um, and, you know, Tyus Jones and Cam Johnson could dry up and be nothing in a points league. But if you can get your hands on Joel Embiid in a points format, I just almost feel like you have to do everything you can to do it. Because he can do so much by himself that you almost he can almost win you weeks if he goes particularly gigantic in a way that nobody else in this group is going to do. We're over a half an hour now, and there's a lot. Uh, you guys are staying like 10 to 15 questions ahead of me here. 
I'm going to try to go a little faster and catch up, and I'd like to try to have this done at about the 40-minute mark, but it did work, so that's fun. The show format worked. I don't know how many of you actually liked it. If you liked it, please make sure you're liking the show, you know, liking on Twitter, leaving feedback, all that good stuff, so then it sort of hits the algorithm, and then I'll find time to try to do more of them. That's the way you got to you got to show it outwardly. I need optics likes. We need optics likes, otherwise the shows don't do enough damage, and we got to get new subs out of it and all that good stuff. Nine Cat Roto, punting points, Jokic and Tyrese Maxey for Trey Young and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think that's the Jokic side for me. I love AD, but, you know, Jokic is ahead of AD, Maxey's ahead of Trey Young. I don't, this one feels fairly straightforward in my eyes. Especially, and yeah, I mean, punting points in particular. Like, what? Yeah, okay. Joel Embiid for Demonis Sabonis? Yeah, no. That's, I mean, it's Embiid by in a landslide. <laughs> Ryan Pepio, Johnny DeLuca for Tyler Glasnow and Manny Margot. Uh, this is a question involving current and former Dodgers, and it's a baseball question, and you're being silly, but save this for Joe Orico. In fact, go throw it at him right now. He just has a he just had a show posted too. You you silly customer. Go Dodgers. Quick, uh, wait, we got this one already. I got you, Juan. Don't worry. I saw it before. Franz Wagner for Mikhail Bridges. And Aaron, Mikhail Bridges and Aaron Neesmith. Okay. Um, yes, I like the Bridges side. I think he still has a chance to pass Franz in overall value. And then you sort of get Neesmith as a bonus there. So I like the Bridges side. Um... Someone posted just the format, but not the actual trade here. Uh, CJ McCollum, Nick Claxton, Isaiah Hardenstein for Trey Young, Derek Lively, and DeAndre Ayton. Let's see here. Um, yeah, I mean, this one I think is relatively fair. Uh, I don't know that either side is running away with it. I'd, I think I'd rather have Hardenstein... And Claxton over Lively and Aiton. And then I'd probably rather have Trey Young over CJ McCollum. So it basically balances out. That's fine. No no obvious runaway winners here. JJJ for Jared Allen. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, you're getting a good center back. Doesn't have the same upside as JJJ, but he also doesn't have the shutdown potential. Would you rather trade Duran or Aiton for Emmanuel quickly? I'd rather trade DeAndre Aiton. I have lost my trust in the Portland Trailblazers. I sent off offers to trade away LaMelo to acquire Jalen Brunson. Is this a win for me in Roto? Um, I think you could potentially aim higher because LaMelo just came back and he's putting up these massive popcorn lines. Uh, so no, not a win there. I'd rather have LaMelo, I think. Should I trade Wendell Carter Jr. and Vince Williams for Jalen Green in a 20-team points league? Yeah, I think points leagues, you do it. JJJ for Shangoon? Yeah, go ahead. Take the guy who's not shutdown risk. I was offered SGA and Cat for Embiid and Wagner. Yeah, give me this Shea side. Because Cat is so much better than Franz Wagner, and then SGA and Embiid are basically neck and neck at the top of the board. If it blows up your team build... Then you have to think twice about it, but I don't think it does. Larry Markin and Terry Rozier for Dame and Hartenstein. Uh, 
pretty fair, actually. Pretty fair deal. Um, I think the market inside wins by a little bit because Lowry's been so good and showing no signs of slowing down. So you say, all right, like a top 15 guy and, and Rozier. The, the issue is, does Mitchell Robinson comes back? Does Terry Rozier get traded? If either one of those things happens, it could flip this particular trade. And for that reason, maybe you go Dame and assume that he's going to be going full tilt at the end of the year, but I don't think that there's an obvious winner or loser here. We had a yellow Mamba, now we got a brown Mamba. We're on all the, the rainbow Mamba in this chat. Mikhail Bridges and Aaron Neesmith for Franz Wagner. Uh, didn't this happen before? Is this under a burner account now? <laughs> I think we did this one. I like the Mikhail side. Would you try to trade Jalen Green if possible? I would just not have had him to begin with. He's not a nine-category guy. Points leagues, whatever, like float through. R.J. Barrett, number two. Want R.J. Barrett with right-handed? Have Jalen Green. Uh, Brunson and Tyus Jones for Wemby and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, that's the Wemby side. And then this is looks like I caught up. Oh, wait, no, there's um, there's a question after this, but it's not sort of in the spirit of the show. Maybe I'll do it just to do one more. Uh, Jaron Jackson and Alperin Shengun for Kawhi and Gobert. It's a 10-team dynasty category league. I would keep Davis and Mobley and Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to do it. Nobody on this board is getting anywhere near Kawhi's per-game potential. The problem, of course, is that he's also the old goat here. You know, JJJ, Shengun, these guys are young. They're on the up. Kawhi and Gobert are the old guys. So this is a win-now move. Your team is going to be pretty old. You know, you're talking just a few more seasons where you're going to have the big stuff you want out of these guys. Um, I'm a win-now. I play win-now. Basically, any time I'm doing anything, I, I, I don't do a ton of dynasties specifically because I don't really want to just put money into a coffer to plan for four years down the road. That's not fun to me for me. I want a chance to win every year. Um, but thinking about it from this standpoint, yeah, I mean, you're, I'm a guy who's going to tell you to, make, to take the win now move. I think you probably have this year probably two more really, really good years out of Kawhi. Then you start to see some more additional drop-off. So if you can win your league this year, next year, something like that, you do it. Because uh, JJJ, Shingu, and those guys are not catching Kawhi on a per-game side. Uh, what's a sell-high I can get for Kyrie and Jared Allen? Basically because of their playoff schedules. Oh, well, I mean, Kyrie should be able to get you pretty much anybody you want inside the top 20, but maybe not as high as, like, the top 8. So target someone between 8 and 20 and uh, hope that they don't notice the playoff issue. Now, if they do notice the playoff schedule, if you're trying to get somebody back who, say, has three or four games on that week, well, you look at it from this standpoint. Kyrie, what's the whole playoff schedule? Not just the one week that you're looking at. Can you increase the playoff games by enough to offset the totals that you're going to run? So take Kyrie and say, look, if he's like a 2-4-4 four, four for you or something like that, multiply his per-game production by 10, and go find a target and say, all right, am I going to get enough out of this other guy in, say, 11 games? Is it worth it? One extra game over these three weeks. Two extra games over these three weeks. Is that worth it? How far down the board am I willing to go? Number 25? 30? 
I don't think I'd go down that far. Your regular season still has at least another month left to it, probably more. So I don't think I would take anything back that's worse than, like, pick 25 for Kyrie because he's number nine right now, people. He's churning and burning, man. He's number nine, and he's coming off another big ball game earlier today, 42-7-7. Beat the Pelicans. He and Tim Hardaway did it basically by themselves. You know? So don't sell too cheap. This is Kyrie Irving we're talking about. He is absolutely obliterating people. How are we here? Are we basically done? We're basically done. Are we expecting a shutdown with Rozier? No, I'm expecting him get to, he gets moved on Terry Rozier. Here's a question. Let's get one for the road. Mikhail Bridges for Chet or Beal for Porzingis? There's no way you're going to get Chet Holmgren for Mikhail Bridges right now. And there's no way you're going to get Porzingis for Bradley Beal. These are just not going to happen. The Chet side and the Porzingis side win these trades by such an absurd... I mean, like you could go Mikhail and Beal and try to get one of those two guys. That might get you close. And even that might still not be enough. So, A.B., whoever you are, you're going to have to come up with a way better deal. These are like, this isn't even in the ballpark affair. Chet's a top 20 player this year. Mikhail Bridges is what? 70s, 80s right now? It's been a rough year for him. I know he got drafted high, but we got to look at what guys are doing. KD and Vassell for Kawhi and Freddie Van Vliet. Points league. Uh, pretty fair. I think I like the Kawhi-Freddie side, but pretty fair. Okay. That'll wrap it up at 42 minutes. Thank you, everybody. You guys did a great job of bringing the questions, bringing the heat. If you guys liked it, again, please make sure to show you liked it in some way. Liking the YouTube, liking the Twitter feed, subscribing, retweeting, whatever you can do to help sort of boost it. Because uh, I'd like to try to do something like this again a few weeks down the line. But again, if the show doesn't end up doing all that great, uh, sort of as it blasts out into the community, then I can't justify the time spent. And that's unfortunately the way I got to do everything right now is sort of what's the ROI on time invested but it seems like a lot of you were here. A lot of you posted your questions and then maybe took off. You'll come back and watch them later. We graded out probably 30 or 40 trades on today's show, uh, and that's pretty fun. I'm at Dan Vespers over on social. I hope to see you guys over there. This is SportsEthos.com presentation of Fantasy NBA Today, a bonus silly little fun side episode of the show, and I'll talk to you guys over on the Twitters. Until tomorrow when we recap the massive MLK Day slate. So long for now.